Oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. After reviewing 6,007 deaths, each one a person loved by family, by friends and communities, a death review panel into the opioid crisis confirms that the NDP response is failing. I quote from the panel report, lack of coordinated services, gaps in service delivery, long wait times, eligibility for services inconsistent with people's lived experiences, end quote. This report established 23 recommendations and specific timelines for a provincial emergency response, including a 30, 60, and 90-day action plan. But this morning, the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions would not commit to accepting a single recommendation in this report. So perhaps the Premier will get up this afternoon and do the right thing and commit to accepting each recommendation and the specific deadlines for implementing them. Premier. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, and I thank, uh, thank the Leader of the Opposition for her question. Uh, I also, of course, want to thank the panel for their work and the ongoing work, quite frankly, of the Coroner's Office and public health officials here in British Columbia. Since 2016, British Columbia has seen an unacceptable number of deaths. We've talked about this for, for many years now. We continue to do our level best to make progress. And I'll remind the member that when asked, the panel's response in unison when they were asked, whose fault is this? Their response was, it's all, whose responsibility rather? It's all of our responsibility. And I know that the, the leader of the opposition takes this very seriously, as do her colleagues and the members of the third party as well. We have been doing what we can to, to beef up programs, to make sure that we're working on harm reduction, we're working on prevention, we're working on treatment, and we're working, most importantly, on enforcement. Oftentimes, we lose sight of the fact that it is heinous individuals within our community that are bringing these deaths to our, uh, to our doorsteps, to families right across British Columbia. So although I've not had an opportunity to review the work that just came in today, I can commit to ensuring that we'll do everything we can to protect British Columbians now and into the future. Leader of the Official Opposition, supplemental. Well, the Premier's answer fails to reflect the magnitude of the report that was delivered to his government today. It basically said in unequivocal terms that the approach that's being used is failing. And it went even a step further because what it did was laid out a roadmap, a roadmap with specific dates and recommendations for this Premier to stand up and accept, and to suggest that everyone's doing all that they can. In fact, the Premier has refused to engage in the way that the leader of the Green Party and I have suggested on multiple occasions. Let me quote for the Premier again from the report. The public health crisis is now in its sixth year and continues to worsen. Public health efforts to date have not been successful." End quote. 6,007 lives lost and seven every single day, likely including today and tomorrow and the next day. It is now five years into the creation of this ministry, and this report says the government approach has failed 
and a new one is needed. So the Premier has an opportunity today. Recommendation number two is to develop a 30, 60, 90 day illicit drug toxicity action plan with ongoing monitoring. The recommendation is very specific and in fact it calls for that to take place by May the 9th. Will the Premier today in this legislature commit that by May the 7th he will stand in this house and table the 30, 60, 90 day action plan that is called for by the death review panel to deal what, with what is an urgent crisis in British Columbia. Premier. Again, I, I thank the member for her passion and her commitment to these issues. Uh, I know they're heartfelt and sincere. But I also know that she understands that many of the tools that we need to develop and have been highlighted by the panel and others in the, in the not too distant past, and some as recently as this week, is to make sure they're putting in place the treatment capacity to address the challenges in communities. And that takes time. It doesn't take 30, 60, 90 days. It takes time to establish treatment facilities right across British Columbia in our urban centres, in our rural centres. It takes time to bring on the health care providers to provide the services that we will need in complex care environments, which did not exist, Honourable Speaker, until just recently since the change of government. So this is not a time for us to decide what we can do in the next week. It's a time to continue forward with the plans that we have in place, a four-pillared approach that has, I believe, support across this uh, House and certainly across the province to make sure we're putting in place the people and the resources and the infrastructure to help those who desperately need it. We need assistance from the federal government. We need assistance from health care workers. We need assistance from communities. All of us working together will get to where we need to be. But I'm, I'm afraid that I can't make a commitment to a document that I've not yet read. Uh, we'll be doing that in short order, and we'll get back to this House as quickly as we can. Member for Surrey White Rock. Well, British Columbians need a commitment from this Premier and this government. And right now, they're absolutely failing on that. And what we heard from the Premier on the previous question is that the answer to that recommendation is no. The answer is no. This report conclusively shows this government is failing. And I quote, initiatives have not been sufficient to stop the rising death toll and a new approach is required, end quote. When someone reaches out for help, they need to be able to receive that help. It needs to be affordable. This government needs to accept all 23 of the panel's recommendations and act immediately to ensure, ensure a coherent province-wide strategy is adopted to stop this crisis. Over the next 30 days, we are on target to lose 200 British Columbians. We need action and we need it today. So I will ask the Premier this, when we go to recommendation number three, which says by April 11th of this year, the province will prioritize completion of the pathway to hope. Will the Premier commit today that by April 11th, that recommendation will be followed through. Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Pathway to Hope is a 10-year plan, which is three years in, and so I certainly uh, will um, not commit to the member's characterization of, of, the, of that recommendation. There is... 
Minister will continue. Implementing Pathway to Hope is a 10-year project which began in 2018. Uh, we are well on our way and we just uh, issued a report on Pathway to Hope implementation just a couple of months ago and the member can, um, can read that and I'm certainly uh, willing to walk through it with him. The, uh, the work that is underway by our government uh, it has been uh, overcome by the increases in toxicity of drugs. As the coroner has mentioned, to have fentanyl contamination in 4 to 8 percent of, um, of toxic drug overdose deaths in the months before the pandemic began, and to now have concentration of fentanyl between 24 and 28 percent uh, in just the month of December, uh, it is a colossal increase, which despite everything that people on the front line, all of the new programs that our government has added, all of the new programs which the death review panels report today reinforces are urgent and are needed, and that is the work that we are doing right now. Uh, and I also take the coroner's recognition that the colossal increase in toxicity of uh, the illicit drug supply means that we have to continue to hit this terrible crisis and this terrible loss of life with everything we have, and that is the work that we are doing yesterday, today, tomorrow, and for the weeks and months and years to come. Thank you. Member for Surrey White Rock, supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, the, the issue is, is that this Premier, this government, this Minister, has failed to even act on the recommendations that they received from a 27 teen report. So forgive me if the minister's answers give us a little comfort on this side of the house that she will follow through on the recommendations that have been put forward today. Today's report was very clear about where the problem lies and I quote, a lack of coordinated services, gaps in service delivery, long wait times, eligibility for services inconsistent with people's lived experiences, end quote. This government has failed to act fast. It has failed to act on safer supply. It has failed to properly expand recovery, recovery and treatment options. And the coroner says, and I quote, the Ministry of Mental Health and Addictions last July gave direction to every health authority to establish a safe supply program. To date, there has been virtually no activity, end quote. Those are not our words, that is the words from the chief coroner in today's report. This government is failing on this file every single day. So my question is to the Premier. Will he commit today to having a practice standard for those working the front line to help patients by September 9th as asked for in the report that was put forward today? Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, let me turn to the member's question about the 2018 uh, death review panel, which he um, describes um, as unfulfilled. I will remind uh, members of this House that it was Kevin Falcon, as Minister of Deregulation, who, who, who deregulated the treatment bed system. Members, members. I'm speaking directly to members. Order, order. Yeah. And 
Okay, members. Members will come to order now. Members, Minister will continue. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And the death review panel in 2018 found serious flaws in the treatment and recovery system. Absolutely agreed. Since then, and as has been recorded, reported to the coroner, we have amended the Community Care and Assisted Living Act. We've implemented new regulations to increase oversight of treatment and recovery services to ensure health and safety standards. We've done more consultation with people who use substances and lived experiences, including funding to health authorities to include peer coordinator positions and establishment of a provincial peer network to inform how those treatment beds are operated. We've educated emergency department workers about opioid use disorder to tackle stigma and treatment barriers in their apartments and developed emergency department um, follow-up following an overdose. Plus, we've expanded the um, opioid agonist treatment program, all on the recommendation of the death review panel. We've closed uh, two loopholes in the regulation of treatment and recovery beds, and we have more work ahead of us, as the Premier has asked me to transfer oversight of treatment and recovery beds uh, to my ministry. That work is underway, all consistent with the recommendations of the Thank 2018 you. death review panel. Leader of the third party. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I just want to talk about what we've heard so far in this chamber on this topic. We're doing our level best. It's all of our responsibility. We're doing everything we can. There's a treatment capacity issue. It's been overcome by the increase of toxicity of drugs. And then we just heard from the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions a whole bunch of list of inputs. The report from the coroner today focused on outcomes. And the outcome is seven people dying every day. I'm trying to think of an analogy that would make sense here. It's like houses are burning down every day, and the response is not to use fire hydrants and water hoses to put those fires out. It's to say, we're going to develop an entire network of fire halls and an education program and really explain to people how not to have their houses burned down. But in the meantime, the houses will continue to burn down. For six years, <laughs> we have been in a public health emergency and the illicit drug supply is killing more people than homicide, suicide and car crashes combined. It's an emergency. And we talk about pathways to hope and continuum of care. The Premier indicated he hasn't read the report yet, but I hope and expect that he would have seen the first line of the press release from the coroner's office, which said, we are calling for an increase of access to a safer supply of drugs. It is the poisonous drugs that are killing people. And we dance around this by wanting to talk about continuum of care and mental health and addictions and opioid use disorder. People are dying every day because of poisonous drugs. And there is a solution that has been put in front of this government over and over and over again. Will the Premier commit 
to what the coroner is asking and create an immediate access to a safer supply of drugs. Minister. Mr. Speaker, the answer is yes. British Columbia is the first and only province in Canada where you can get prescribed safe supply, which is the tool that a province has within a federal framework. That work began in 2020. It was expanded and revised based on what we heard from clinicians and people who use drugs, that they needed more kinds of drugs and more access points. We worked extremely hard across all partners, health authorities, people who use drugs, clinicians, paramedics, NGOs working on the front line. Last summer, I stood with Bonnie Henry and we announced the rollout of a second phase of prescribed safe supply. We've added new medications to that. We're working with prescribers, with the colleges every day. We've directed the health authorities to implement it across all programs. We need to do more clearly and obviously because the interventions we've made have been outpaced by the increased toxicity of drugs. But we are hitting this across the continuum. More treatment beds, more types of overdose prevention sites. We went from one to 40 over the term of our government. We are connecting people with medication-assisted treatment with prescribed safe supply because that's what we can do and we're determined to do more at every, uh, in, in every form because uh, this is an emergency that requires we bring all tools to it and that's what we're doing, offering people options um, and we're determined to do more, we have to do more. Leader of the third party, supplemental. I'll note, Honourable Speaker, that the Minister uh, used prescribed safe supply, which is not what is being called for in the coroner's report. The, the, prescri the prescribed safe supply isn't working because more people are dying. That is the measure. That is the measure that we should be looking at, Honourable Speaker, is, is what is being done succeeding in having fewer people die? And the answer year over year is no, it is not. And to stand up and say, we're just going to keep doing the same things and expect different outcomes is, is becoming d deeply distressing. The current drug policy framework is rooted in prohibition, criminalization, and marginalization. And these policies fail to afford basic dignity, dignity to people who use drugs by forcing them to access a chaotic, poisonous, unregulated supply that is killing them. And the government's alternative is treatment beds, get clean, get fixed. This actually adds to the stigma that makes this more deadly. We can freely purchase drugs, all of us. We can go to the liquor store and purchase drugs. We can buy nicotine, we can buy cannabis, we can buy over-the-counter medication. Those are all regulated. I can be assured that when I get a bottle of Advil, if I take the, the appropriate dose, it is going to relieve pain and not kill me. Question, member. My question, honorable speaker, is again to the premier. Why does his government lack the political will to introduce non-medicalized safe supply. Minister. 
Mr. Speaker, uh, we do not lack the political will. We lack the jurisdiction. That is a federal matter, and we are doing everything we can with urgency within our pr provincial authority. I feel the same urgency that the coroner feels and that the death review panel feels. Absolutely. And we know there's more to be done. The terrible loss of life is testament to that. But we have continued to to evolve our response, to say that this is a single push. The member knows that we are not advocating for treatment only. At the start of the public health emergency, we focused on scaling up overdose prevention. More teams, more naloxone, more overdose prevention sites, building health authority capacity. Then we added in medication-assisted treatment. Then later, we gave the permission, the only place in Canada, to allow nurses to prescribe medication-assisted treatment. We added in low-barrier tie-out programs. We then complemented that by scaling up overdose response community outreach teams, community-driven programs. We added in inhalation overdose prevention sites. Then we pushed the envelope again with nurse prescribing. Then even further was prescribed safe supply. And we're the only province in the country to apply for decriminalization of, for, of people who use drugs. And none of this has been enough. And so we continue to do more and we'll continue to add more tools as uh, as they are recommended within our area of provincial authority. And I'm so encouraged that I now have a federal counterpart, that the Prime Minister has mirrored what the Premier did in dedicating, in establishing a dedicated Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, and I'll look to my federal counterpart uh, to look at federal tools on safe supply. Opposition House Leader. There was one paragraph among many in today's report that I think lays out the scope and the context of the human tragedy that is uh, before us and has impacted so many. And it says, and I quote, although this report lists many statistics, those statistics represent individual lives. These are people who resided across British Columbians in communities large and small, people dealing with pain and trauma, people living in poverty or employed and supporting families, people young and old, healthy and unwell, people from diverse ethnic backgrounds, people just like everyone else. The continued toll of unintentional drug toxicity deaths has created devastating effects on the families, friends, and communities of the deceased and has reduced life expectancy for British Columbians." End quote. Mr. Speaker, it's over 6,000 people who have tragically lost their lives and we're on pace for over 200 this month alone. So one would think that the deepest sense of urgency would compel this government, after five years in office, to at least say th this morning, or in question period here today, yes, government will accept these recommendations, and yes, government will work as hard as possible to implement them all within the, uh, the prescribed timelines. But that is not what we're hearing today from this government. Five years after the creation of a specific ministry for mental health and addictions, it's clear that things are worse, not better. To take just one example, the previous panel in 2017 recommended regulation of treatment and recovery services and standardized reporting. But here we are five years later with another death panel report concluding that this was not done. On page 36 of today's report, Recommendation number three 
calls for establishing an evidence-based continuum of care. So my question to the Premier is this. Will the Premier commit today that his government will meet the April 11th deadline set out in this report for actions that prioritize a real continuum of care? Minister. Our government has been acting to build out the continuum of care, has been acting to regulate treatment beds, has been acting to add hundreds of new addiction and recovery treatment beds, uh, doubling youth treatment beds, while also building out prescribed safe supply, while also going from one supervised consumption site when we took government in, er, in one, one in 2016 to over 40 now. And at every step, we need to do more clearly. And that is the work that is funded in our budget, an unprecedented spend on mental health and addictions. Uh, and it's work that we've been focused on every day. And, uh, and we, uh, I appreciate and I agree with the panel's direction on the ways that we need to um, further uh, add to the treatment and recovery system, further expand with the support of the colleges and the prescribers, all the people that they had on the panel to be able to connect more people with prescribed safe supply um, and to use the tools that we have within our, our provincial powers. Um, and we'll continue to work with the coroner's office as we do monthly on, on taking um, the advice from the coroner um, and, and all the practitioners and people that led into that death panel review, a health authority reps, First Nations Health Authority, the colleges, pharmacists, everybody that has a hand in this work, we need all hands on deck. And, and that's the advice we're taking. Member for West Vancouver, Capilano. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, the death review panel has made 23 recommendations that need to be implemented. The committee has laid out clear deadlines for the province to meet over the next 30, 60, and 90 days. The ministry's failure to implement the last panel's recommendations does not give anyone confidence. The health committee has members. It just needs the okay from the premier to meet. We're at an urgent point in this crisis with nearly seven people dying every day. We need, as the minister herself said, an all hands on deck approach. The public expects us to be working together on this public health crisis. So will the Premier activate the all-party committee on health, allow them to work to ensure that all 23 of these recommendations are implemented on the timelines laid out in today's report? Premier. Well, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and I'll, I appreciate the uh, question from the member, and it does speak to the need for all of us to try and get back on the same page. Uh, I, I know that no one benefits, no British Columbians benefit from uh, contemptuous uh, questions and contemptuous responses. Uh, no one wants to politicize this. I, I firmly believe that. And again, like, you know, you, you, can't, you can't come in here, Honourable Speaker, you can't Members. come in here on, a, on a, a subject as tragic as this and then wave fingers at people for half an hour. It does not accomplish anything. Members. It's not the type of work. It's not the type of head shaking, Honourable Speaker. Where we, when we need collaboration, most of all, is at this very, very moment. I will take, I will take, I will take the member's question and I'll get back to this house as quickly as I can. Member for Ebsford West. 
Absolute West. Thanks, uh, Mr. Speaker. Look, I, uh, I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that on, on a day and in the shadow of a, of a report like this, speaking of 6,007 individuals and families, the, the minister's first instinct was to try and score political points by pointing to an individual that hasn't been here in over a decade. I, uh, I actually remember a few years ago sitting on that side of the house and watching uh, as the government of that day was confronted by uh, tragic circumstances and watching colleagues of mine being accused of not caring and, and, and indifference and, and thinking how unfair that was. And I, and I resolved that if the circumstances were reversed, uh, I wouldn't resort to that because I, I think they do care. I think they do care. I think they do care. And they're not indifferent. But it's not working. What the report says is what the government and the minister are doing isn't working. And people are paying the price. And what we are suggesting amongst other things and have been suggesting, the leader of the opposition in this house, the leader of the third party, collaboratively, have been suggesting for months and months now is to marshal the collective energy and talents of this place to work collaboratively and find a solution that will reverse the trend that we are seeing in this report. And the Premier says, I'm prepared to think about that. That's the same answer we got months ago. And as we've heard every day, every day of delay is measured in lives lost. So in reviewing the report, in reviewing the findings, which are a damning indictment of failure, Mr. Speaker, the opposition asks, in fact, on behalf of the thousands who are in jeopardy of dying, pleads that at a minimum, tomorrow, the Premier comes into this House and says, I accept that all members of this House have a contribution to make. We will mobilize the committee that is in place to affect that kind of collaboration, and we will work together to save lives in the province of British Columbia. Mr. Speaker, and the Premier can make that happen today, or he can make it happen tomorrow, and I hope he will. Premier. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, and uh, I've known the member for Abbotsford West for a long, long time, longer than either of us care to, to admit. And I, I know the genuine uh, effort he's making here, and I will commit today to this House to uh, bring the, the Health Committee has been constituted for this session of Parliament. We will put together terms of reference and we'll strike the committee and see if the collaboration that is, that is uh, called for here actually materialises. I'm hopeful it will. I'm hopeful it will. But on a day like today, 
with war in Europe, with all of the upheaval British Columbians have been through over the past two and a half years, and I know every single member feels exactly the same way I do and exactly the same sentiment that the member for Abbotsford West just put on this floor today. All of us are shaken. All of us are rattled when we see 6,000 people, 6,000 lives extinguished because of a toxic drug supply. And it will take more than just safe supply. It will take more than harm reduction. It will take more than treatment. It will take enforcement so that we can eliminate the scourge of people in our society that profit off putting people in boxes. Young men and women across this province, all of us feel the same sentiment here. All of us want to work together. We'll strike the committee. We'll put in place terms of reference. And let's walk that walk, not just talk that talk. The balance question period.